pull up a chair or gather around the campfire as we look over two more terrifying tales from Essie Schlosser's book, Spooky Virginia, The Convert Out of Coburn, Virginia, and The Fingerbone from Lee County. We go over those two stories and more on today's episode of What's Your Theory? The sacred text, Jared. The sacred text. Spooky Virginia by our uh, our lady, S.E. Schlosser. Which, uh, as we figured out last time, could just be a, a sellout writing spooky stories for every state. So, I mean, that's an easy way to say I've written 50 books. Yeah. I mean, if they're all spooky, spooky Alabama, spooky California. What's spooky- the least spooky state? It's got to be something like, I don't know, Vermont. Don't really hear a lot from Vermont. Or maybe Idaho. I feel like Idaho. I was going to say. Idaho might not be spooky. It's just kind of there, right? Just potatoes, as far as I know. It's hard for a potato to be spooky. But not impossible, I I can't imagine. I'm sure Toy Story has done like a (laughs) Halloween. Like a Halloween special or something that I've missed. And Mr. Potato Head is all Abbott, spooked yeah. out. Have you seen what they've done with Mr. Potato Head? There's these new these new toys. They're called Mr. Potato... Either Mr. Potato Chip Head or Mr. Potato Head Chips. Okay. And it's just like a Mr. Potato Head, but it's... Instead of being a full, like, solid potato, mm-hmm. it's chips. And you just stack them. And they turn into a potato, or are they? No, there's like there's open air between the chips. It's like a uh, weird, like skeletal looking Mr. Potato Head. Okay, we got a bunch of them in at work, and they're absolutely hilarious. Uh, That seems kind of terrifying. There's a salt and vinegar one. He's like a ship's captain, and his name is (laughs) Salty Vinegar or something like that, or like Salty Chip or something like that. Nice. I'm just like someone was paid to name that, and I wish that was my job. What would you name it? Uh, probably salty chip or whatever his name was but like I, I i feel like that's just a cool job come up with a name for this potato head toy um, and we will pay you five hundred dollars see i can't do it um maybe it is harder than yeah, i thought because I, I, I i guess when the name is there it's like oh yeah of course you would name it salty whatever but if you had nothing to go off of i guess it is harder to come up with well, they missed. They missed. Uh, they missed on the last name. It should be Saul T. Chipman. Chipman. Saul Chipman. Saul Chipman. <laughs> oh gosh. Better call Chipman. Better call Saul Chipman. I gotta say it now. Um, we've been watching Malcolm in the Middle. Nice. Um, watching Brian Cranston is just marvelous. It feels like. That's what he was doing with his life before he became a chemistry teacher. Like, there's these, there's a few moments that I'm thinking about uh, the episode um, where they get like, they go to the amusement park. It's the one after that, and they're like driving back, and they get stranded on the highway. Yeah, and he's like talking to the police officer, <laughs> and he he just sounds like Walter White. And he's just like, and he's it, got all like the hand movements going around. Any anytime you hear like an angry Brian Cranston anymore, I don't care if it's a 
cartoon and he's an animated voice, I'm just going to hear Walter White yeah. being angry at Jesse over something <laughs> or some crap. I don't know. Love Brian Cranston, though. He's a great actor. Yes. He needs to be in more stuff. He, he's got something coming out soon. Does he? Or already came out. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I always see his book on Audible and have thought about trying to test it out, see what it's all about. Because I feel I, I like reading about like Hollywood memoirs and stuff. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's always some good stories you can get out of them. Sorry, I went to Wikipedia, but I can hear him saying now, Jesse, what'd you do with the finger bone? What'd you do with the finger bone, Jesse? You the lost the finger bone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, where's the finger bone? That, know, Mr. White. <laughs> that finger bone is what's keeping this operation alive, Jesse. Mr. White. <laughs> I don't down. know where the finger bone is, bitch. Can't you do like some science or something? Science it, Mr. White. Science it. Can't you just grow the thumb back? <laughs> we should have just wrote for... Should have called up Vince Gilligan back and be like, hey, we got some ideas for a new episode. Yeah. No, for a new season. A full season. I'm trying to find it. Your Honor. Yeah. Your Honor. He plays a corrupt judge, I think. Maybe Perfect. not a corrupt judge. Some kind of, I know he plays a judge, though. I kind of hope it's corrupt. He He's good at playing corrupt characters. Uh, a judge confronts his convictions when his son is involved in a hit and run that embroils an organized crime family facing impossible choices. <laughs> he discovers how far a father will go to save his son's life. Hmm. Seems a bit familiar. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you know, see how far a father will go. He he read that and the thing is like, I'll take it. <laughs> He's like, I've done this before. This will be, this will be easy. You're offering me this. <laughs> <laughs> I I am the one who casts. <laughs> I am the one who casts. Okay, well, that's enough TV talk. Now, it, both of these stories I'm going to read, any male character, just picture it as Brian Cranston. Then any other is. <laughs> yeah, playing. Aaron Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, any, any older male character is played by Brian Cranston. Any younger is by Aaron Paul. Before, but I will. Before we get get into this, speaking of Aaron Paul, he had a really good show on Hulu there for a while. I think it was Hulu. It's called The Path. Ooh. He's like in this cult, like religious, culty kind of thing. And fun fact, it, it turns out to be a little corrupt. And oh. it's it's yeah, it's about him trying to to maneuver his way through like learning all this stuff about the cult that he's never known, <laughs> and. uh all the ramifications with it. It was a pretty good show from what I remember. I don't think I ever finished it, though. Interesting. But I like Aaron Paul. Him and Brian Cranston have a tequila, I think, that they put out. It's Dos Hombres Tequila. Okay. Their Instagram posts are always so, like, stylish and cool. I'm like, that must be cool. Be a big-name actor and then just be like, hey, you want to start a tequila brand together, buddy? Yeah, sure. What's this the, will make more money. What's the guy who has the... The skull. Vodka. Oh, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Crystal Skull Vodka. <laughs> He's just an actual and in clinically insane person, I think. Okay. The, the the Crystal Skulls are... Have you seen the... Yeah, I've watched the JonTron video. The JonTron video on that is so funny. He... Uh, I never knew that he was like that on the deep end with like the Crystal Skull stuff. Yeah. We've we've distilled this vodka fifteen times through diamonds. <laughs> diamonds. Diamonds, really? Okay, whatever. 
But yeah, the the celebrity alcohol game is a hilarious world. I feel yeah. like. But Once to, you're that uh, rich, what can you do? Yeah, really. But speaking of alcohol, here's something that might sober you up a little bit. Ooh. I've got two more terrifying tales, and these yeah. ones will will kind of coincide with the Rupp ones. Uh, you know, Rupp was from Big Stone. That was pretty close by. Uh, we drive through Big Stone anytime we go back to our hometown. Yeah, uh, which will actually coincide with the finger bone story because that takes place in old lee county old lee county that's uh the old stomping grounds we're at in lee county does it, say it doesn't it say it say. just says lee county uh it might it might say more throughout the story i'm not sure but i don't think it does uh but i'm i'm i'm, I'm interested to see your thoughts on the finger bone story okay. see if you've actually heard it or not before because i feel like my papa always used to tell me yeah. spooky stories about stuff, but I feel like it was always the, I want my big toe. Yeah. You remember that story? Yeah, I think I do. Uh, uh, a man out gardening and found a toe and it was some uh, weird uh, story. Have you heard the, um, the story about the old rotten pear? My sister's probably told. Yes. Yeah. Yes. About the, whatever you do. I don't care if they're right. You can't give any of these away for free. That yeah. story. Yeah. Yes. She has told me that story before. That one's crazy. I'd never heard it growing up though. I don't know why we were told that as we went to bed. <laughs> Good just, night, kids. Uh, yeah. Good night. Don't, don't give away any pears. <laughs> you will die. <laughs> oh man. Remember to eat your fruits and vegetables, but don't give them away. <laughs> but yeah, this, uh, this first story here takes place, uh, not in Lee County, but Coburn, Virginia. Okay. Which uh, I used to live. I lived in Coburn for a mm. year. Uh, me and my buddy Josh from high school lived in this Coburn house. And I'm trying to remember if I got any spooky feelings in Coburn in general. And I'm pretty sure I did, but I don't know if it was because of the ghosts. It might have just been Coburn, the Coburn atmosphere. Uh, I won't try to use this to like badmouth any of these places until we get to Lee County because I feel like we have yeah, we're we warranted to do that because I mean I've spent yeah. 20, 20 odd years of my life. Yeah, I spent at least seventeen. Yeah, like twenty. I I can't imagine that we're not allowed to yeah, to talk bad game. about our home just a little bit. So I'll I'll get started with the the convert. That's, is what this that's one's a terrifying called. Name for it. it is very terrifying. It it puts me in the headspace of like hereditary or like yeah. midsummer type movies. Never seen them, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'll I'll say this too before we get into it. Hereditary scares me to this day. That movie is one of the scariest movies I think I've ever seen. And I know that some people will be like, oh, what, "You really thought that was scary? Yeah, get get over yourself." Okay. <laughs> yes, that movie's terrifying. And if you say that it's not, you're just trying to to act tough in front of everybody it's okay to admit a movie's scary doesn't matter if everyone else thinks it's scary that movie's freaking terrifying okay i hate it i love it but Nobody i hate it. it midsummer wasn't as terrifying but it was a beautiful movie it's very well done but we'll let's dive into the convert here and I, there's already a last name that i'm familiar with i've even been to the gym that it might be named after but we'll see the convert Coburn, Virginia <clears throat> old man Greer was just about the grumpiest fellow in the South. 
and he was an atheist to boot. His wife tried and tried to get him to go to church. I know why it's called the convert now. And I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping for something a little bit spookier. (laughs) Uh, His wife tried and tried to get him to go to church. She said he should set a good example to his son and daughters. He said that he wasn't going to be a hypocrite like the fellows who got drunk in the local tavern every weekday and then sat in the front pew on Sunday. And that was that. Kind of like old man Greer so far. He sounds like he's kind of got a solid head on his shoulders. Mrs. Greer was a game lady. Year after year, she kept on trying. Every Christmas and Easter, she'd invite her she'd invite her man to church, and every Christmas and Easter, he'd say, no thank you, and go out hunting or fishing instead. Papa ought to go to church, her little son, Timmy, said to his mama. I'd like him to hear me sing. I'd like that too, Mrs. Greer said with a sigh. Timmy had a lovely soprano voice and was a soloist in their community church. But even on Sundays when Timmy sang a solo, old man Greer wouldn't go to church. Sour though, sour though he was on religion. Okay, S.E. Schlosser. <laughs> sour though he was on religion, old man Greer was proud of his children, and he supported their academics and their hobbies. So whenever Timmy had a solo at church, his father had the boy perform again for the family when they got home from the service. It was shortly after Timmy performed Amazing Grace in church that he fell sick with pneumonia. The doctor did everything in his power to save the child, but Timmy died within a week. Old man Greer was devastated by the loss of his child. In the long weeks and months that followed, he clung all the tighter to his two remaining children and and begrudged all the time the girls spent in church with their mama. If you'd come to church with us, you wouldn't be parted from us so much, his youngest daughter said to him, but old man Greer still wouldn't go to church. In the springtime following Timmy's death, a revival preacher came to town. The minister of the local church scheduled tent meetings every night for a whole week, and everyone in town planned to go. Everyone but old man Greer. Excuse me. Nonsense, he grumbled to his wife. You should stay at home with me. But Mrs. Greer was was as spirited as well... But Mrs. Greer was a spirited as well as spiritual lady. If she wanted to go to the revival meeting, she was going to go to the revival meetings and take the girls with her. And so they went. The preacher was an eloquent speaker, and the girls delighted in the wonderful music and the moving sermon. They talked about it so much when they got home that old man Greer went out to the barn to avoid hearing them. Mrs. Greer, who was determined to save her husband's soul, followed him to the barn and begged him to come with them to the next evening, but he said no real firm. He started mucking out the horse stall for emphasis, which sent his wife scurrying back to the house so she wouldn't soil her dress. But Mrs. Greer wasn't done with her husband. She asked the minister to go to her husband's place of business the next day to invite him personally to the tent meeting. The minister went. Old man Greer was polite to the minister. Almost. But he made it clear that he didn't hold, that he didn't hold with church and wasn't going to a revival meeting. Ever. Then fate took a hand. When Mrs. Greer and the girls got home from the tent meeting on the third day of the revival, they found old man Greer standing in front of the house, staring up at the hill at the family graveyard. "'What's wrong, Papa?' asked his oldest girl, slipping her hand through his arm. He patted her hand fondly, but didn't take his eyes off the graveyard. "'I I thought I heard someone singing,' he said gruffly. The color drained out of Mrs. Greer's cheeks. She missed her only son horribly, and this reminded her of her loss, left her speechless. 
The four Greers clung to one another for a moment, staring up at the graveyard in the dim light of the moon. Then they went inside. No sooner had the door closed behind them than the singing began. The voice was a pure soprano. The tune, Amazing Grace. Oh. It was the voice of Timmy Greer. Mrs. Greer swayed alarmingly, and her husband rushed forward to catch her before she fell. He sat her gently down in a rocking chair, all the while listening to the, as the singing voice came closer and closer to the house. Abruptly, the voice ceased. A glowing light eased itself through the wall in the upper corner of the room, right by the ceiling. The four Greers stared at the light in terrified amazement. Old Man Greer was all over the, all over with goosebumps, and his hands shook as he rubbed his wife's shoulders to comfort her. Slowly, the light moved across the ceiling and into the Greer's bedroom. Old Man Greer followed it, and his wife and girls followed him. They peered in the door of the darkened room and saw the light crawl down the wall and disappear underneath the bed. First of all, there's there's a thing with a light in Hereditary, <laughs> and this this is this this is Hereditary. Papa, quavered the younger daughter. Wh- wh- what is it? I don't know," said Old Man Greer grimly. He went reluctant, reluctantly over to the bed to look underneath it, but there was nothing there. Mrs. Greer gave a sigh of relief and sagged a little against the door jamb. Then she gasped, and the girls with her, as the light reappeared just above the bed and went crawling back up the wall. Old Man Greer scrambled out from under the bed and watched them, and watched with them as the light went back into the front parlor and out through the front wall. And then they all heard a high, boy-soprano voice singing the second verse of Amazing Grace. The voice headed off in the direction of the graveyard, growing fainter and fainter until it disappeared. The whole family was shaken by the incident, and Old Man Greer had difficulty sleeping that night, but he still refused to go to the revival meeting the next evening. But Papa, you heard t- you heard the voice last night, his elder girl protested. I'm sure it was a sign. Hush, my girl. You know my mind on the matter, Old Man Greer said. Mrs. Greer shook her head to shush the girl, and the womenfolk headed out of the tent me- headed out to the tent meeting. It was another fantastic service, but Mrs. Greer had difficulty, difficulty keeping her mind on the sermon. She hurried the girls home afterward, instead of saying to socialize with her friends. Things were nice and normal when they got home, and the whole family got to bed early that evening. Old Man Greer was fast asleep when the singing began up in the graveyard. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, the voice sang sweetly as it approached the house. Old Man Greer and his wife sat bolt upright in bed as the song ceased just outside the house. The ghost light entered through the front parlor wall, crawled rapidly across the parlor ceiling and into the bedroom, and within moments had disappeared beneath their bed. As soon as the light vanished, the bed began to rock and dance its way across the floor. Mrs. Greer screamed, and Old Man Greer picked her up and tumbled them both out of the bed. Mrs. Greer kept screaming as her daughters raced into the room. The women watched in amazement as Old Man Greer wrestled with the bed, trying to make it stop moving about, but he kept falling on his face or tumbling onto the rear tumbling onto his rear until Mrs. Greer told him to stop. The four Greers stood by the door and watched the bed's at, uh, antics for several long minutes before the... Oh my gosh. I've ran into a word that I cannot pronounce. They watched the bed's antics for several long minutes before the recalcitrant recalcitrant piece of furniture walked itself back that's definitely a word where she's like what what's a she pulled up like thesaurus.com and was like 
what's a what's another word for like moving yeah <laughs> recalcitrant piece of furniture walked itself back to its place by the wall the ghost light reappeared tracing its way up and out of the house a moment later a voice began singing amazing grace out in the yard getting fainter as it made its way up toward the graveyard word swiftly got around town about the greer's dancing bed after the revival meeting the next evening practically everybody in town came to the greer's place to have a look they weren't disappointed. Right on schedule, the voice came singing its way to the house. The light slipped into the Greer's bedroom and disappeared under the bed, and the bed began to dance. Four strong men took hold of its corners, but the bed shook them off and jiggled around and around the room. Even after the bed went back to its corner, the light crawled away and the voice went back to the graveyard. Folks stuck around, hoping for a repeat performance. Old Man Greer had dark rings around his eyes the next day, and he didn't speak much at work. When he got home, he shaved carefully, put on his best suit, and to the complete astonishment of his wife and daughters, escorted his womenfolk to the tent meeting. He didn't sing, but he seemed to be listening when the preacher spoke. He escorted his family home in silence, raising his voice only when he found that some of, the, some of his neighbors wanted to spend the night at his house to see the dancing bed. He sent them on their way lickety-split with their ears burning. <laughs> he sent them on their way lickety-split with their ears burning. <laughs> That's how I should have read it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he seemed resigned to the arrival of the voice, light, and dancing bed. He just picked up his wife and carried her into the parlor to wait until the bed stopped jiggling and they could get some sleep. Old Man Greer held out for two more nights. On the third, he went up for the altar call and got religion at last, much to the delight of his wife and daughters. From that moment, the haunting ceased. The light and the voice were never seen or heard again. The convert. The convert. Mm. The... Okay, maybe I lied. Maybe they're not going to be too terrifying tales, but I mean... Are you talking... Uh, I, I, I got I to gotta admit, though, I, I feel like in any situation, having a bed do that on you, it would be pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um... What what year did it have like a general time period for the, that story? I don't think so. The uh, I assume it has to be way back in the day. There's a little illustration there, and that kind of looks like it would be yeah, like colonial probably. Yeah, if I had to guess, like, yeah, eighteen hundred or so early late i don't know but um <laughs> the only thing i could think of is like um imagine like it's like now like the world is a much different place obviously right so like so many different people you know anybody can get married to anybody you know and and like like personality wise is what i'm saying like you know you can find somebody to fit your personality right, right. how like how bad does it have to go like to be an atheist in that time and then be like, yeah, do you want to get married? Yeah, really. I feel like, yeah. How, how would that go? I feel like if I watched little house on the prairie and an atheist came into town, it would be like, Oh my God, there's an atheist in town. Like, yeah. what do we do? I feel like they, they would hold like town meetings over what to do with the atheists. Yeah. It's, it's weird that there would be a, uh, super religious woman from the from the sound of it married and had three or four children with a complete atheist yeah i don't know 
maybe is maybe is an un unreliable narrator. Who was the narrator technically? There was like there the, wasn't. It was a third person yeah. narrator, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe they just don't like Old Man Greer. It literally yeah. starts out Old Man Greer was the grumpiest man in the South, and he was an atheist. Yeah. Hate him. <laughs> you should hate him. That's what S.E. Slosher is telling us. That that felt more like a... Believe. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I would have been told that in church, or like youth group or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the like a lock-in, church lock-in. Let me tell you all a scary story. And you're like, oh, it's a ghost story? And it's like, it is, but it's also live your life right or you're going to hell scary. And it's like, I don't know about that. Just tell me a ghost story. But that one, uh, do you have a theory on that one? Mm, I think is that more of an urban legend or? Mm hmm I, I don't it's hard to that. tell I, I really uh, that one I'm having a hard time like getting behind the ending is like the it's a bit too preachy yeah and and I saw the ending yeah like, from a mile away it being called the convert and then and the second sentence is he was an atheist to boot I'm like okay yeah I see what kind of story this is gonna be uh well it's a well-told story I suppose yeah. but it definitely seems more like a like a fable like it there's a lesson to this one it's not yeah. just like a ghost occurrence there was a lesson to this one which now kids remember if your father's an atheist just die <laughs> yeah be sure to sing at church and die soon thereafter if you want to see your father again really <laughs> if you think about it that's what it is if you want to see your father again in heaven, you got to die and make sure that he stops being an atheist. Okay, God. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the lake? The pneumonia. <laughs> poor, poor Timmy though. Yeah, I mean, Timmy. Yeah. it does suck. But yeah, it's talking about like the light. There's a whole the whole thing in Hereditary is like every time this light is like shown on the walls and like goes like like that's the. The I won't spoil a lot, but that's the like the presence of mm. that movie. Okay, like that's how it gets in you and like goes around and like yeah. So the light thing that does that's very hereditary. Like yeah. maybe that's where... I buy that. Yeah, but I don't buy anything else really. That was kind of a that was a children's story. Yeah, give me. I want to be mortally terrified. It make me scared to walk outside. Yeah, make me scared to go to sleep in my own bed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't just make me scared to be an atheist. Yeah. There's tons of stuff that already do that. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got that one out of the way first. I was hoping it would be a little more yeah. visceral, but Yeah, where's what? the where's the blood and guts from the I, I will say if we if we want a nice palate cleanser, I have a website of a bunch of Coburn ghost stories that absolutely crack me up i can read those some of those to you now or i can go ahead and read this other story and we can kind of talk about this other stuff when we do our little wrap up have you read the the other story before i have not it's the the finger bone okay well, let's Let get into it. that one just in case it's a it's a snoozer it's like. uh <laughs> right right it's uh oh my gosh the third word you're you're gonna 
you're gonna lose it it's the very next chapter in the book it's called the finger bone lee county virginia okay as a preacher oh i've seen some strange things during my years of ministry but the one that stands out most in my mind is the incident of the finger bone finger bone (laughs) i was traveling through lee county with two friends a lawyer and a doctor, both of whom lived in my hometown. When night caught us out on the road, she doesn't doesn't say the hometown. That's odd. Seeing a tiny cabin nearby, we rode our weary horses down the lane to inquire of the to inquire of the owner if there was a barn or vacant house where we could camp for the night. Well, preacher, the man said after I'd introduced myself and made my request. There's a vacant house not far from here, but you don't want to stay there on account of the ghost. Mm. A ghost. I thought with a spark of interest. Spirits don't frighten me, I told the man, patting the Bible I always kept in my travel bag at my side. Where is this house? After some hesitation, the man gave us directions to the house and loaded us up with wood for a fire. Then he bade us a, fair, a fearful farewell, running back into his house as though the devil were on his heels. We all heard the door slam behind him. The unspoken message was very clear. If we wanted to mess with ghosts, that was our business. He'd warned us, and that was as much as he was going to do for fools that knowingly stayed in a haunted house. The vacant house was not far away from the man's cabin. Standing in a tall grove of pines, it had been neglected for so long that part of the roof had fallen in and only half of the porch was still attached to the house. Most of the windows were shattered, and vines grew everywhere. That sounds like Lee County today. Yeah, I know. It was a dismal sight in the light of the small lantern my lawyer friend had produced from his saddlebag. We, we rubbed the horses down and hobbled them, in the sh- hobbled them in the shelter of the huge ponds. It was a grassy place beside a very small spring and would have been a pleasant place if it weren't for the menacing structure beside it. We walked up onto the wobbling front porch and pulled open the front door, which gave a sinister squeal as it swung forward. Nasty atmosphere, my doctor friend observed as we stepped into the decrepit front hall. No wonder folks thinks this place is haunted. We stared in dismay at the tattered, mud-stained wallpaper and the mildewed carpet on the floor. It must have been an elegant home once. I could see several moldering portraits and silver candle sconces affixed to the wall. But these were so tarnished, they barely reflected the lantern light. Dusty cobwebs festooned the ceiling, and a small tree was growing halfway up the center staircase. The air in the house was many degrees cooler than outside. I shivered, feeling invisible eyes peering at me from somewhere close. The gaze didn't feel particularly menacing, but the sense of otherworldliness made my skin crawl. I knew in that instant that the stories were correct. This place was haunted. Thought you weren't afraid of spirits. Yeah, come on, preacher. There's still a roof over this room, the lawyer called from the front parlor, and I think we can get a fire lit in that grate. Excellent, said the doctor, hurrying into the room with a shudder. For some reason, I feel terribly chilled. I clutched the travel bag with my Bible inside and went to join my friends. As soon, uh, We soon had a fire crackling in the fireplace and a tin of baked beans bubbling over the coals beside a couple of roasting potatoes. The delicious smell filled the air, driving away thoughts of ghosts. As we ate our late, as we ate our late supper, we discussed the house and its ghost story. Excuse me. 
I don't believe in ghosts, said the lawyer, shaking his head. There is at least one tale of a ghost in the Holy Bible, I told him, wiping my mouth on a napkin extracted from the doctor's saddlebag. I do believe in ghosts, and I think this place is haunted. Well, what would you do if you saw a ghost? asked the doctor with interest. Speak to it, of course, I said with more aplomb than I felt. If a spirit shows up tonight, you boys best believe the talk or you boys best leave the talking to me. You can bet on it, said the doctor. I'll be too busy running to talk. That made us laugh. We were in good spirits as we spread blankets out on the dusty floor and lay down to sleep. But sleep eluded me. The wind was soughing, soughing, soughing. The wind was blowing through the tops of the pine trees, and the air in the parlor was growing more and more frigid, though it was midsummer. <laughs> That's too spooky. We've talked about hereditary <laughs> midsummer. Oh my gosh. Chills crept up my arms and legs. Yeah, same. And a feeling of dread kept me still and silent under my blanket. Something was coming. I could sense it long before the noises began. The first manifestation came from the loft overhead. There was a deep sighing sound, followed by footsteps and the clanking of heavy chains being dragged across the floor. The doctor rolled over and his head fell off the saddlebag that he was using as a pillow. On the far side of the fire, the, the lawyer sat bolt upright, staring overhead. Both men turned frightened faces towards me in the dim light of the dying fire, as the door to the hallway banged open and a chill breeze swept through the room. Re remember, let me do the talking, I stammered, trying to sound brave. My whole body was shaking so badly I couldn't, even, I couldn't have run it even if I wanted to. Inside my head, I kept repeating, I'm a man of God, nothing can harm me. I only wish I believed it. That's that's a good okay. 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 This is getting good. We heard the chains dragging down the staircase and saw a bluish light fill the hallway outside. Then the glowing figure of a woman appeared in the doorway. The bluish light from her body illuminated the front parlor and a cat and cast a strange swirling shadow into the corner. Wrapped in heavy chains, she moaned softly as she made her way past the cowering lawyer, whose teeth were chattering so loud I could hear them from across the room. The glowing woman stopped in front of the fireplace and turned to face us, her face twisted in agony, her hands wringing together so hard that phantom blood spurted through the translucent fingers. This was my big moment, and I nearly flubbed it. I had to clear my throat twice before any sound would emerge. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, what do you want? Oh my God. I intoned, sounding like a schoolboy playing a game rather than a minister of the Lord declaiming to a phantom. I'd been taught to recite this litany three, three times in order to release the voice of the Spirit, and by the third time, I sounded almost myself again. At the third repetition of my question, the ghost began to moan again a sound that raised every hair on my body and made my legs quiver as though they wanted to run. It was sheer willpower that kept me seated. The doctor gasped and ducked his head under his blanket as the moan grew louder and higher in pitch. The lawyer clapped his hands to his ears as the piercing sound hit an unbearably high note. Then it ceased, and the phantom spoke. I was murdered in this house, she whispered. My sweetheart killed me for my money and buried me in the cellar. I want you to find my bones. Find my bones.
the ghost's last three words became another high-pitched wailing. I hugged my Bible against my chest, wondering if I should adjure the Spirit again in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But her wailing stopped abruptly, and she continued to speak. When you find my bones, you must give them a Christian burial. All save the bone of my little finger. I want you to keep the finger bone, and I want you to set a dinner and invite all your neighbors. After you have asked the blessing, pass the finger bone around on a silver plate. The bone will stick to the hand of the man who killed me. The ghost paused again and moaned. This time her voice went low and deep. It rumbled in the pit of my stomach, making me nauseous. Across the room, the lawyer curled up into a little ball, rocking back and forth with his hands still clamped over his ears. I fumbled in my shirt and pulled out a silver cross on a chain, which I held up to the spirit. The side of the cross recalled her to herself, and the sound abruptly ceased. Before my sweetheart killed me, I hid my money where he could not find it. If you carry out my request, I I will reveal the hiding place to you, and you may have the money with my blessing, the phantom concluded. She stared deep into my eyes, her glowing orbs burning in the mine. I swallowed three times and stammered, I will do as you ask. Satisfied, the ghost vanished with a small puff of air. The room went dark save for the glowing embers of the fire. The doctor groaned and poked an eye out from under the blanket. Is it safe to come out? He whispered hoarsely. I I, I think so, I muttered. Across the room, the lawyer groaned almost as piteously as the phantom. There are times, he said, when I wish grown men were allowed to run home screaming for their mothers. You and me both, I said sincerely. We waited until the next morning when the sun was shining brightly over the pine grove before we went down into the cellar and uh, disinterred with the murdered girl. Uh, then we took the bones to the local sheriff and told him where we'd found the body. We all attended the funeral of the unknown girl a few days later. The only bone missing when the coffin was placed into the ground was the bone of her little finger. As the ghost requested, I threw a big dinner party a week after the funeral and invited the whole neighborhood. I found it a little strange that she wanted me to invite the people from my town, which was many miles from where her body had been buried. But I obeyed her request to the letter. But I obeyed her request to the letter. What letter? After the blessing, I passed around the bone on a silver platter, calling it a curiosity and asking my neighbors to guess what it was. (laughs) Hey, guys, look. I found a bone. Guess what it is. (laughs) It's cool. The woman seated beside me at the table gave me an odd look, but she picked up the bone as requested and examined it. Is it... Some kind of animal bone, she asked. Not a bad guess, I replied. Let's see what others think. This man's <laughs> insane. This is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre level stuff. Finger bone. She put the bone back on the silver platter and handed it to the lawyer, who winked at me, picked up the bone, and pretended to examine it. I think it comes from a raccoon, he said before putting the bone back on the platter and handing it to the man seated beside him. The man was the cousin of one of my parishioners uh, who was boarding at the home of his relative. As soon as the man picked up the finger bone, I knew he was the one. I'm not sure if it is an animal bone, he said, and then tried to turn it over, but the bone stuck to his fingers and wouldn't come off. What's this, he exclaimed, trying and trying and failing to drop the bone. He shook his hand violently, but the bone was stuck fast. My eyes met those of the sheriff from Lee County. 
Gary Parsons? <laughs> Gary Parsons. <laughs> oh my gosh, maybe. Uh, who had been invited to join the dinner party. You are correct. I said loudly over the man's alarmed exclamations. <laughs> it is not the bone of an animal. It is the bone of a murdered woman found in a house over in Lee County. The man's what? eyes widened in sudden understanding and color flooded his face. Get it off me, he begged, holding his hand out towards me. Get it off. It is not in my power to remove the finger bone, I said softly. <laughs> Only you can remove it. The other guests looked from the bone to the man's face, to me, puzzled. The one or two blinked in horror, then one or two blinked in horror, as understanding dawned. If it was the bone of a murdered woman, and it was sticking to this man's hands, did that mean he was... I saw the internal struggle reflected in the man's expression. He realized that he was caught, but was not sure whether to confess or run. He went very pale and slowly slumped against the back of the chair, staring at the bone stuck to his hand. Then he jerked to his feet and screamed, I did it. I confess. I killed my sweetheart for her money and buried her in the cellar. I did it. <laughs> as he spoke, the bone quivered on his hand. Every eye was fixed upon it as it slowly fell from the man's hand, clattering down onto the silver platter and sat demurely on the table in front of him. Then the sheriff came quietly around the table and led the shaking man away. <laughs> when my house was empty again, save for my two friends, I asked if they wanted to share a share of the treasure should the ghost keep her promise. They both shook their heads. They were well-to-do and had everything they wanted, where I, whereas I was a poor minister and could barely make ends meet. If you find it, you keep it, said my lawyer friend, and the doctor agreed. The ghost did appear to me later that night and told me exactly where to find the money she'd hidden from her sweetheart. I went to the location the next day and the money was right where she said it would be. It amounted to several thousand dollars, enough to keep me in comfort the rest of my days. In fact, I used it to buy and restore the haunted house in the Pine Grove. In due time, I brought a bride home to that house, and together we raised a family there. It became a very happy place indeed, filled with love and laughter and frequent visits from my doctor and lawyer friends. But the ghost girl was never seen again. Hmm. Finger bone. That one was pretty good. I like that one. I did. Um, it is not in my power to remove the finger bone. I, I feel like it's uh, the setup is like the longest joke ever. It's like, yeah, uh, I know. A did, preacher, a lawyer, a preacher, a lawyer, and a doctor walk into a haunted house. Seven pages later, where's the punchline? Oh, no, it's just a story. Yeah, I like that one. I feel, uh, that one seems more believable to me than the other one, yeah. just because I feel like I've I've heard, which I've heard, you know, like stories of people being converted to whatever, yeah. or to whatever religion from whatever religion because of stuff like that. But I feel like I've also heard more stories of ghosts helping solve their murder. Yeah, helping alive people solve murders and stuff. Yeah, and. uh Maybe it's just because it's Lee County, but I, I feel like I like that one better than the convert. I, I would have more, uh, more chance. I'd have more greater of a chance believing that one than yeah. the convert. Then, Which I will say, it, it that these stories are kind of flourished a bit. So I, yeah. I, I don't know the logistics of everything, but I see Schlosser really likes using words that these people would never use. 
and it's because like I, d- I don't think I'm a bad reader. I feel like yeah. I know words well, but she does throw some words in there that I'm like, you're putting this in the middle of a sentence yeah. where every other word and every other sentence I've read so far has been, you know. The tree was large. Yeah. <laughs> the tree was large. He was an atheist to boot. The catamarans of Kathmandu, blah, blah, blah. blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. It makes no sense to me. But I like the finger, the finger bone yeah. story. And see that the preacher said the thing that I said uh, in episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. I, so it makes me wonder if uh, maybe I was told that story before. Yeah, really. I mean, maybe that's interesting. That, I think that might just be a kind of like a common thing, but it also could just be like one of those stories that I was told and like you know just kind of came out like i mean maybe i could i could see that being a thing uh, i didn't think about that i was too busy thinking about oh i hope it's like a hereditary midsummer and then the first story has hereditary light yeah and the second story has the word midsummer what are the chances what are the freaking chances maybe they're both real it was maybe but i took those stories and i i found this ghostsofamerica.com okay you can I assume you can just look up counties and towns and or whatever this is Coburn Virginia ghost sightings uh, there's five pages but I, I just wanted to read maybe these first two because uh, you've been to Coburn right I, I'm sure been through I Coburn have, at yeah. least Listen, listen to these two uh, two stories here. This first one was submitted by Daniel. Daniel. Danny. Daniel O'Heaton's the name. Okay, here we go. Let me tell you why Coburn, Virginia is the most haunted place in the world. All right. I live near a trailer park, mm-hmm. and one and one night I was up, in parentheses, had to go to the bathroom. He just can't say that he was just up one night. He had to go to the bathroom. I saw three ghostly figures in the trailer park, and they looked like they were pleading for something. When I looked up, I saw what they were pleading for. Myth. It was the scariest thing I've seen in my life. It looked like Satan but I wasn't sure it looked exactly like him. (laughs) I was standing there watching. Then they all looked at me and started to walk towards my house. I didn't have any lights on, so I didn't know how they saw me, but I was terrified. From that point on, I haven't gotten up to go to the bathroom during the night ever again. I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but it was scary. Beware. Submitted by Daniel. And the, the categories are vent, trailer underscore park, bathroom, Satan, and park. <laughs> <laughs> bathroom. Satan. Trailer underscore park, bathroom, Satan, park. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the one underneath that. See, I can't tell if it's this, this from the same post or I don't know, but. He says, let me start off by saying this is not a joke. Don't take it as one. 
Coburn is pure evil. No one should have to go through the torture of living in this place. It is one of the most haunted places till this day. What I have saw over the years I have lived here are inhuman. <laughs> there have been several stories about a ghost that lives in the gym. One night I was working out when all of a sudden everything just disappeared and I was left in total darkness. I felt as if I was not alone. Then a dark figure showed up, and all he said was that he was not here to be my friend, but to hurt me. I thought, oh God, there have been several complaints about the gym being broken into, but nothing is taken. Why this is like this, I have no clue, but Satan lives in this town. Okay. (laughs) What the heck? What the heck is going on in Coburn? Are there more stories like that? (laughs) Continued on the next page. (laughs) The the categories for that one, that one was submitted by Anonymous. The categories are torture, Satan, evil, Jim, man. Jim, man. (laughs) Evil Jim, man. Oh, this this one has like actual. Oh, all of these are happening in trailer parks. I'm not. I've. There's nothing wrong with living in a trailer park. A trailer is a home. They're nice trailers, but I don't know why people want to live in the trailer parks that Satan are also yeah. living in. Apparently, God. Here's when he says. I lived in Roy Lawson Trailer Park in four of his places, and in all of them, I heard doors opening when it was on, when it was me only at home at the time when. I'm trying to read it as it's been written. And it's yeah. just, I lived in Roy Lawson Trailer Park in four of his places, and in all of them, I heard doors opening when it was me only at home at the time when this happened. The room got hot where a person couldn't stand it at all, and I had crosses hanging up to warn bad spirits off. I walked into one of the rooms in each place and see the cross upside down right there. Told me it was a demon in those places, and the more I tried to get rid of it, the meaner it got, and I just decided to move and not step foot, to not steep foot back in those places. It's in Riverview in Coburn, Virginia. Now I live somewhere else because of that. All right. (laughs) Submitted by Anonymous. So, I think it's confirmed at this point, the devil lives in Coburn. I think so. Is the food city? I believe that the I believe that the deli in the food city in Coburn, Virginia, is haunted. Okay. This person says. Okay. Over the course of a couple of weeks, we have seen a shadow, full figure man walk to the corner of the kitchen. The swinging doors have swung by themselves. The time clock has operated itself, and it has been touching some of us. Now I am not sure this is the real thing, but it sounds like it. What used to be where the new food city now stands? <laughs> I should comment. Uh, I think it was like a Indian ancient, ancient like ritual site or yeah. something. A bunch of Satan worshippers used to do like, human sacrifice. Right. Yeah, I think Satan used to live there. <laughs> I didn't know about Satan and his uh, Coburn living. Well, apparently we have to go now. We've got to go to the Coburn Food City and to the specifically the, the deli and ask the deli workers if uh, if they've been seeing Satan. My gosh. This, <laughs> the categories for that one were clock sounds man. Clock sounds man. 
being raised in Coburn, Virginia, I can tell you firsthand of the eerie things that have happened over my years there. I left the area when I was 19, never to look back until recently. I've begun to visit home again. I've always been sensitive to the spirits who are locked to this world. My home is in a part of Coburn that in the country, that in the country, Pine Camp, my home is in a part of Coburn that in the country, Pine Camp, that to be more specific, it has always been a tinderbox of paranormal activity. Okay. You you understand what I'm saying? Uh, you understand? I, I think C- I come on, Will. My home is part of Coburn that in the country pine camp that to be more specific, it has always been a tinderbox of paranormal activity. <laughs> okay. uh, at one time, an old cabin slash house that had been built in the 1700s where my family built a new home. End of sentence. It was told that the cabin was used as a hospital or morgue, whichever the case would have been at the time. Anyway, when someone passed or died, the attendants would store the dead bodies in the old cellar until someone could dig the graves and the men could be buried. All these men were supposed all these men were supposed to soldiers from the Civil War. The old cabin was dismantled in 1979 and donated to the Historical Museum, where it is rebuilt in Tennessee and is still on display to this day. I know for a fact that my grandmother and I experienced more than just a few ghostly sightings. Orb will dance in the family graveyard, and certain times strange lights, almost like lightning, will dance will dance with through the land and through the house. We have captured this on film, and it has been reviewed by many paranormal experts. But something that something that will I will always remember is the feeling of dread I have when I enter my dad's house. It is a heavy, evil feeling. But one night in September of 2010, I returned home from a family outing. My kids was spending the night with their cousins. I went to my room and felt the presence, (laughs) P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, of something that was not human or spirits. It was pure evil. This presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S again, was strong. I settled my nerves, recited the 23 Psalms and the Lord's Prayer. I asked the presence to leave and not come back as it was not welcome there. The feeling of dread left and I went to bed. About 1 a.m. in the morning, I was awakened by a loud growling sound beside my bed. I was still alone in the house. Again, I recited the Lord's Prayer and prayed that my dad would return home. About 15 minutes later, I heard my dad pull into the long driveway and park his car. At this point, the growling slowly faded into the night. But before it was completely gone, it let me know it was not gone far away. What? (laughs) But before it was completely gone, it let me know it was not gone far away. Mm. So. Goodness gracious. Okay, well, there's one more page. We might as well. Oh, never mind. Oh, no, yeah. I was sitting in my best friend's room. Then all of a sudden, I look at the window and something looks back at me and not my reflection. It's an old man with really old shirt and pants on. I hollered for Autumn, but she didn't get up here in time. When she got here, the only thing we saw was her dog. That looks like, or that sounds like, you know those like really weird cartoon those like new meme formats was like i was walking the dog out on the street the other day and people just like read it in a country accent yeah i I hollered for autumn but she didn't get up here in time i think this is the last one these last two are pretty short 
there have been many sightings of a young lady standing in the window of the old bus stop restaurant. She has been said to be wearing an old wedding dress and looks to be longing for a lover who had left her. This ghost is better not approached. Lillian apparently knows exactly what the ghost wants. Yeah, like she looks like she's definitely longing for a lover, but don't approach her. Definitely not projecting any of my internal feelings <laughs> on this ghost. <laughs> looks to be longing for a lover. Well, there's you some Coburn ghost stories. Well, I can confirm that these were probably definitely written by people from Coburn. I mean, yeah, I, I would have to think so. It makes me wonder if this website has any uh, Lee County. I don't think I see any. Portsmouth Pound. Pound is pretty close by to us. Can actually go down, find the L's. There's Leesburg, Leesburg, but I don't see Lee County. I wonder if there's a Pennington, Palmyra, Pennington Gap. Two sightings. No, not Pin Laird. Pennington Gap. Categories farm, hospital, school, man. Categories field, man. Field, man. When I was in high school, some friends and I were riding around all the roads up behind the old Pennington Hospital. We saw this one old two-story farmhouse with the front porch the length of the house. We were talking about how creepy it looked, and all of a sudden, this old woman wearing what looked like 1800-style clothes just appeared on the porch. We freaked and yelled, where did she come from? And we got out of there fast. Got out of there fast. Frank says, this house you're talking about isn't, isn't close to where the duck pond is now. Duck pond? There's a reason why I ask. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Dude. That scares me to go up to the duck pond. There's a, There's a place down in Pennington called the duck pond. Uh, I'll let you put two and two together. It's just a pond that a bunch of ducks are at. People will go up there and like take prom pictures and feed the ducks and stuff. Yeah. But I don't. I didn't know there were ghostly colonial women up there. Mm-hmm. And this other one says, went out back to take out some trash. A man was in a field waving at me to come over. So I went walking over to him. Got to within three feet of him. Look up. Man had vanished. Submitted by Daniel. Man, I wonder if it's the same same Daniel. <laughs> I don't know. It might be. Stay Categories, out. field, man. Trailer, <laughs> devil, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> Went out back to take out some trash. Man was filled waiting at me to come over. When I looked up, it was Satan and... <laughs> Rose Hill has one sighting and one photo. Oh? Ghost photos from Rose Hill. Is this the is this the photo? 
that and what a photo. Actually kind of terrifying. I, what, I don't... Is it the... If you look... Is it a ghost animal? I, I just see like the legs there, you see. I, <laughs> they might be legs. Ghost picture from Rose Hill, Virginia, submitted oh, wait, no, by look Tammy. Look at the bottom, uh, bottom right. That's the fakest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Looks like an emoji. <laughs> that that like white speck? Yeah, zoom in. It looks like a, a girl's face, but like an emoji. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. Come on, Rose Hill. I lived in Rose Hill once. I had a tornado touch down by our house. I had to go in the basement. I remember crying because I thought I was going to lose all of my toys. Not the toys. Well, this person makes Rose Hill sound like a freaking zombie sanctuary or something. Rose Hill, Virginia appears like any other zone in the States, but this is a municipality where the living dead stride the residential streets during the dark hours. The undead are all over this settlement, as the local residents will tell you. Some local residents assert that there are no ghosts, but seeing is believing, and if you spend a night here in Rose Hill, you may perhaps perhaps catch a glimpse of a ghost. Don't say... It's teeming with the undead walking the streets. <laughs> First and foremost, like, no. I'm trying to see if there's any closer vicinity places that might have... Oh, Jonesville has two sightings. Read the Jonesville ones. <clears throat> I got ghosts in my house. I hear it every night in my room, also downstairs in the bathroom. I have no clue what it is, but I would really like for you guys to help me try and find out who it is or what it is. Submitted by Alexis. <laughs> There's ghosts in my house. I still can't figure out what to do with them. <laughs> Here's another one by Daniel. <laughs> Daniel needs to stop with his ghost <laughs> sightings or something. He He's going crazy over here. My daughter was out back, took a picture in a field. Picture looked like it had a man sitting in it, but when she looked up, no one was there. Oh, God. That's the scariest thing I've ever heard. Oh, Ben-Hur? Wise has 10 pages worth of stuff. Oh, God. Oh, okay. I've got um, Ben-Hur. When I was a young boy, me and my family saw a strange white cloud above a light pole next to our house one night. Till this day, I have no idea if it was a ghost or some kind of what, or some kind or what. Some kind of what. And now I'm 29, and I've never seen anything like it since. Ricky. Oh, Ricky. St. Charles. Oh, gosh. There's three pages there. You want to go first? You want me to go? Yeah, I'll, I may read this one here. Just because... Uh... <clears throat> This one's in Wise. says, I've been working with a construction company remodeling the inn, a.k.a. the Colonial Inn, in Wise, Virginia. The building was built in the very early 1900s. I've seen many unusual things and eventually come across a lot of creepy stories about the place. I don't know which stories are true, but some make sense with the things I'm seeing. I would love to talk to someone who worked there in the past. I've seen shadows of people on the walls walking by some very little... By some very little dot, 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 parentheses, I've been told a small boy died there between age two and four. 
there's definitely someone still living on the second floor to the right and at the end of the hall. I've seen the small shadows there and a heaviness comes over me and takes my breath away every time I walk down that hall. This is where room 15 is, the room... This is where room 15 is, the room the little boy was supposedly died in. Everyone I've come in contact with that has been on this floor says the same thing. I can't believe I can't find anything on the web about this place. This isn't a story. This is just him begging for information. What's the St. Charles one say? <laughs> there are three. They're all... <laughs> I was up on top of Web Hill the other day and shit all the whirling wimpish. I come out right there out of the bushes. I thought, oh, God, there it is. Every time we talk about it. Every time we talk about the Wimpus, something happens. A light goes out or something. It's going to get us. So this one, this guy just, I think he just needed a place to, to vent. And um, ghostofamerica.com seemed to be is his place. Susan, please come back to me, I swear. <laughs> I've lived in St. Charles, Virginia my whole life. I'm 44 years old and I've never seen any of these things that people speak of. The ghost stories. Lol. It's nonsense. Ghosts are nothing more than demons from hell. They are the devils. For once we die, our breath returns back to God. And to believe otherwise removes you from the truth of the word of God. And there's only one true ghost, and that is the Holy Ghost. We never see him, and he is the spirit of Jesus Christ. Ghosts are demons. Brian. Submit. Oh, so I was about to say submitted by the preacher from the finger bone. <laughs> I guess his name was Brian. There is no such thing as ghosts. They are just demons from hell. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think a demon from hell would just like uh, hang out, casually knock a glass off of a table. Just that's a kind of a low level demon, don't you think? Yeah. You you get to uh, possess people and do all sorts of mayhem. Tommy, you get to knock stuff out of cabinets at restaurants and schools or whatever. Tommy, you get to be a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy the cat. Was there when I was 14 years old. Now I'm 62. The place was like a ghost town then. My dad still is. <laughs> my dad took us to Bonnie Blue Mine. The houses were all lined up on both sides of the road, and we all felt like someone was watching the mine opened. I think in the 1900, the commissary was still there. Would not going back there today. Submitted by Thomas. <laughs> okay, Thomas. <laughs> then uh, Good job. <laughs> last one here. I've lived in St. Charles my whole life, and I know everyone here, and I've heard all the stories and folk tales. This whole town is full of souls that are at unrest. There's a place called Bonnie Blue that has numerous haunted sites in just about a mile strip. Sounds like we need to go to Bonnie Blue. Dude, I guess we do. But also, I think that um, I, this one doesn't even have anonymous. It just uh, exists. I think he and the the guy from the top, I think they should meet up and have a have a civil debate about whether yeah, or really. not there are <laughs> souls at unrest or just demons. <laughs> Ghosts are just demons from hell. Oh, here we got Kiyoki. Ever heard of the old orphanage? Supposedly haunted by the spirits of the children who once lived there? There have been reports of slamming doors, the laughter of children, and the images of people staring at you through the windows. This place is truly haunted, and I believe these ghosts are somewhat angered. Somewhat. The building is now closed, and no one is allowed inside. Submitted by Lauren. 
I've seen many a ghost on Mohawk Road, and I was so scared of them. Even my mom saw the same one I did, so she knows how I feel. Submitted by Caitlin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to J.J. Kelly, spent tons of hours there, no hauntings. The orphanage is truth. I've been inside there. It's creepy. And Central is an entirely different facility. I've never even been there. But it's not Kelly. It's not. The orphanage is truth. <laughs> the orphanage is truth. Bow your head. Submitted by Buzz. Category? Orphanage. I already read Duffield. Okay. I'm glad uh I'm glad we can give viewers and listeners the two uh sides of the stories like yeah. the the well-written publishable in a book stories and the I was out by the fishing dock not to be confused with the loading dock and I saw what appeared to be a light appear from somewhere the tree line and then it came up to me and I walked away and I just went back into my house I'll never I'll never wake up to use the bathroom again you know Satan lives in Coburn good night <laughs> as do I <laughs> I uh, I lived in Coburn for a year I'll go on record and say I never saw Satan Are you sure? but maybe I just lived on the wrong side of the tracks I don't know there is the giant uh that uh like home goods like furniture or like it's like a local Lowe's mm. kind of thing it's got that giant statue of the big like lumberjack guy mm, i have no idea and he he usually holds an axe but every year for different holidays they put new stuff in his hands yeah. so like i think they've put a giant easter basket in there before for whatever reason at one point they just had a freaking stormtrooper uh, in his hands and I don't know if it was some sort of like the force awakens is a, is coming yeah. to cinema city nine we should put a stormtrooper in our <laughs> giant statue's hands it reminds me of the lumberjack statue from it chapter two I haven't seen I haven't seen any it I've watched the original It, but it was like whenever I was right. <laughs> Listen, I the the new ones I think are really great. I watched the first one on Amazon, and then the second one came out, and I saw it in theaters. And I uh, can't remember what year it came out, twenty nineteen something like that. But it was one of my favorite movies of that year. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm usually not into like super like horror movies a lot. I don't watch a lot of them, but I really liked It Chapter Two. It was good. Well, what'd you think about? This this seemed this was a more lighthearted episode. I feel, but yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to read some of those seriously just the way they're written. Yeah, I, but I feel like a lot of like paranormal stories that revolve around this area are all very similar. I'm sorry, can I read one more? Absolutely. <laughs> this is from Duffield. <laughs> In the Rock Cove area, there are a place called Stanley Town where the where they had an old coal mine one night a man named jim murdy was driving a coal truck on the old road he was going around a curve and wrecked wrecked r-e-c-k-e-d and died and for few and for years now on the same road in the middle of the night you can see the old truck with jim murdy wrecking and him dying over and over submitted by bill <laughs> sorry <I> just... <laughs> you're telling me that bill here 
says that you can go on this road and just watch this guy die over and over again. Apparently. That's a horrible way to be a ghost. And how does that, like, how do, how do you determine, like, you can be a ghost that, like, kind of, like, chills and, like, can go anywhere and does whatever, or you get to be the ghost that relives your, relives your death every single day over and over and over again. Sorry, I just saw I, I just saw R E C K E D, and I was like, "This is a good one." <laughs> presence. <laughs> there was a presence there. P R E S E N T S. Man, road truck trucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I might set through this website and just read through a bunch of. Oh yeah, but um. So yeah, what's your what's your uh, I guess what's your theory on finger bone slash the convert i think that my theory on the convert is that's that's probably more so just like a a tell to get people to go as yeah Yeah. go to church or or repent or whatever and i mean not to say that I, i don't think that what happened in that in the convert could not happen yeah but it of the stories so far we've read out of this book, that one was the utmost, like most preachy one. Even yeah. the one about the preacher wasn't even that preachy. It was yeah. he he helped solve a murder. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think something like the first one could happen, but I I think it was just like a cautionary tale. Yeah. The finger bone, on the other hand, it's a pretty elaborate story, which. I mean, I guess it could just be an elaborate story that someone made up back in the day, but I like the idea of and and when they were when he was describing the ghost when it first appeared, like it was scary. Yeah, like it it didn't show up and was like, "You must find my murderer." You know, like it it was like this thing was like screaming, high pitched yeah. screaming or like low pitched screaming, like. It, it would terrify me, I feel like. And there's yeah. something about that that I feel like if someone made that up, like it, it, it that had to have been a, a conscious choice. So it's, yeah. it, it, it either definitely was made up or, which I guess that's the same with anything. It's either yeah. made up or not. But I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I have more, I have more of a hard time believing the first one than the second one. But after reading through a bunch of these, I I really do think that the area is is more haunted than people probably yeah. imagine. I like, but I mean, case in point, we're reading these in funny like hick voices, and yeah. I'm I'm not trying to make fun of anyone. Uh, I, I this is just how we are from this area. Some of us, you know, what I mean, like yeah. it's just how the area is seen, and I feel like that's probably why we can't take some of them as serious. Yeah, and then, uh, but then you think if you know if you if some of these, you know, even though they're written poorly or whatever, if they are true, you got to imagine how many stories that people just don't even know how to get to the website or like how to use a computer. Exactly, stories that people only like pass down generation. They're not written down anywhere. No one yeah. can. That 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 would be a cool project to try to get a bunch of like word of mouth stories put together in a book or something cool but i I definitely this area is pretty rich in paranormal lore we should try to go to some of these places and see if we can't 
oh yeah get anything on film or something i think that would be a lot of fun well maybe we'll retire spooky tales of virginia for a bit we might revisit it in the future yeah come back to the sacred text but um tom- uh, not tomorrow next episode uh will be a fun one be a fun one uh hopefully we can get the research together it's pretty popular topic so i'm sure we will skinwalkers skinwalkers the the crap that i always see on my tiktok at like 2 or 3 a.m if i'm awake yeah. all these creepy skinwalker videos but I mean that that'll be an interesting topic to dive into. I'm I'm curious to see where where we stand on it before mm-hmm. the episode and how we stand on it after the episode. Very interested. Ah, oh, well. Continue to listen to us if you're yes. enjoying everything so far. Uh everyone I know personally has given me yeah. some decent feedback. People seem to like what we're putting out, so that's great. Yeah, um uh, that's kind of similar feedback just getting some good stuff i think you know if you are listening and if you and you've gotten this far find someone tell them to tell them to listen if you enjoy it yeah i i, I think it's a show for everybody i don't yeah. think we appeal to a certain type of demographic i wouldn't think but i don't know i, th- I think everyone could find some enjoyment in it yeah we enjoy making them for everybody so it it's all it all kind of comes full circle anyway yeah but yeah give us give us all the likes and downloads or subscriptions yeah good whatever all the rigmarole is these days that always helps us out and then hopefully we'll we'll be able to continue to do some maybe bigger episodes or more like expansive episodes some new content whatever it may be whatever uh people seem to like yeah and i mean we've got some other stuff coming soon i'll just say that much yeah don't want to give too much away or set us up set us set ourselves up too much yeah but there there are some some things in the works and we'll be on the way at some point that i'm excited for yeah and i hope everyone else will be too yeah until well, next time please sleep tight keep your finger bones where they should be I cannot absolve you from the finger bone, only you can do that yourself.